0: Welcome to the first cut podcast workday charity open instant reaction pod colin morikawa raising the trophy at mirrorfield village and we've got a lot to talk about let's not waste any more time let me bring in the crew from the scene mark immelman how's it going there in uh dublin
2: sweet boys it's nice to be done with work at uh, about 3 45 p.m in the afternoon uh, ordinarily this is a uh, after six pm thing, so it 's good, man. golf course is great, as we all know. It was a fantastic event i 'm still trying to catch my breath, and i didn 't ha- even have the final group. I mean, what a roller coaster ride that lot was And, and, and really, I mean, I, I was jacked for everyone involved, but I think workday they came out of this thing, smiling.
0: Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. My feet have still not touched the ground. Also joining us, Greg Ducharme. Uh, What up, Greg? How was that Sunday for you?
3: I don't even know what to say. It was something else. It was an amazing tournament. Uh, I I had so much fun watching it. And, I mean, the emotional roller coaster of that event. I mean, how many times did you think, okay, yep, Morikawa is going to win this. Okay, it's probably going to be Hovland maybe early on. Uh, Justin Thomas has got it locked up. We'll see you next week, kids. And then next thing you know, I mean, it, it was just up and down the whole time. It was an extremely exciting day. I, I loved watching it.
0: Unbelievable stuff. And finally, uh, we'll bring in Kyle Porter, who you and I essentially live called this playoff on HQ because we got stuck on there thinking it was over, and then we went shot for shot in the playoff.
1: It was so fun. I
0: mean, <laughs> I, I I don't know
1: how you like, I don't know how you do this every every. I, I know that not every you know, event is like this, but I don't know how Mark does this all the time. I, I would be just a, a mess. I wouldn't be able to sleep.
2: I am a mess, Kyle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I'm rewatching. It was so good. I'm rewatching more. Co- <laughs> more colleges hit the stick on four. So if you guys ask me a question and I'm not paying attention, that, that this is why.
2: That shot. I mean, that guy nearly hit the flag stick twice on par threes. He fizzes a five-wood in there from 240 or whatever it is to about three feet. I mean, he was a marksman today.
1: The, four, the fourth and fifth holes. So he, goes, he, go, he had 202 into four, hits it to 15 inches. He had 234 into five, and he hits it to 37 inches. So 52 inches on two holes from a combined 450 yards. It was sick.
3: He's a robot.
1: Sick. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna try to uh, text some of my non-golf watching friends and see if I can get money on Morikawa while the streams go while while the live action's going on or the replays going on. <laughs> <laughs> see if I can get some money on Morikawa. Um, we're on YouTube, by the way, so you can see KP. He's got his hat on backwards. Mark's in his hotel room. Greg's got a nice what color blue is that? Greg. Is it, is uh, that this royal? is a nice, it's, Yeah, it's like a
3: royal blue, like a uh, New York Rangers kind of a color. Yeah. Something right. like that. I have many shades of blue in the closet.
0: Join us on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe to the First Cut Podcast on YouTube because we're always here hanging for you. Let's jump into Workday Charity Open. Greg, we'll start with you because the restart of the PGA Tour has had a lot of drama, I guess is just the the easy way to put it. Um, you know, Morikawa starts today, three shots back. This is a trend that we've seen over the first couple of weeks where basically Webb Simpson, who uh, held a share of the 54-hole lead, was the only guy to, to, to convert it.
3: It has been uh, unbelievable. We see this a lot on the PGA Tour, even before the restart. It's really challenging to hold on to 54-hole leads. When a player like Justin Thomas vaults himself into a two-shot 54-hole lead and he's ahead of two guys that were in college last year, you're thinking – this is, you know, this is uh, almost easy. This is almost a layup. This is going to be one of the 25 wins of this decade for Justin Thomas. Oh, okay. All yes. this, <laughs> I, I <laughs> we got to right I mean, get th-
2: into that already. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Of time, big
3: but that's what you're thinking heading into this. And then by the time we're on number five, your thoughts completely change. And now you're thinking it's going to be Morikawa or Hovland. And then Hovland makes a bogey. And now all of a sudden, it's definitely going to be Morikawa, And then it changes back. And Thomas takes control. So this was an emotional roller coaster. Um, and for Justin Thomas, we saw some nerves early uh, or some frustration early. He was off on distance control. But he, but he got it back. And he, he changed your mind again and made you believe that he was going to get the job done again. So fascinating to watch, uh, and, and high amounts of drama. And we haven't even gotten to the playoff yet.
0: Yeah, we haven't even gotten to the playoff yet. I mean, that final grouping, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, it felt like a heavyweight battle all day. Mark, I know you didn't have this group, but was, what was like the sense from the course of, of what was going on out there?
2: Well, I was fortunate enough to have them for the first seven holes. I think it was on the golf channel segment of the broadcast. And just then you could sense that, hold on, there's something special that's going to happen today. Um, To to come out and Marikawa grabs the earth with a few quick birdies. And then, uh, pardon me, Hovland does and then Marikawa hits that fantastic shot that we talked, Carl and I talked about on the part three and the part five and and JT sort of going backwards and, and, he did look a little tight early, a number of the misses. There were some strange club selections and stuff like that. And a and, and few inexplicable wedges he missed targets with because there was no wind. I mean, the conditions were like playing in a dome. And so there was this strange sense on the go. Then we go in the air with CBS, and right then, Justin Thomas starts going bananas. I mean, he has, he birdies eighth, birdies nine, birdies 10, I think it is. And then but, um, it, then you get the sense that, hold on, after he makes that eagle on 15, that, okay, I mean, we even felt it. I was a group or two in front. You could sense it, and there were leaderboards dotted all over the place, and you could see exactly what was going on. In fact, I had Chase Seifert, who had his best finish ever on the PGA Tour with this fourth place he had. He looked at every leaderboard coming down the final nine holes there just to try and get a bead on where things were. And so you got a sense that there was something special on the go. And then, you know, as Chase got done, I got to watch some of the footage on my monitor because we have one on the course. And just to watch the way that Marikawa closed and the way he hung in there and and the way he weathered the Justin Thomas storm. I mean, that spoke worlds of what the guy's got inside of his head and inside of his heart. I mean, we know he's got the physical tools. Um, I was just surprised, honestly, that 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 Hovland sort of went away. Some I, I I thought the way he started off, the way he was driving it, the way he was controlling distance, that this we were going to be three wide coming down the stretch, and essentially it became a two man race from about the fifteenth onward.
0: Yeah, Hovland hit it in the water on six, and he was really never the same after that. He could not regain the momentum. Kyle, um, Kyle, Colin Morikawa wins this thing in a playoff. We'll talk about the playoff in a second here, but I agree with Mark. The impressive part was he even gave himself a chance to, to get into a playoff, and he, gets, he uh, makes your first Vince Carter gif come true, the one from Friday night when he's got a 36-hole lead, he does actually close it out.
1: <laughs> it was a hedge. I was just hedging all weekend. Where do you, where do you, where do you stand on the uh, should you only tweet that out if it's like a, like a certainty? Like, is it a mistake to tweet it out too early? Because I like no. to live. I like to live on the edge a little bit. I I, I remember uh, I tweeted it out. You can timestamp this, Jacob. I tweeted it out the Friday of Spieth's uh, first <laughs> Masters win when he went like sixty four sixty six. I think in fifteen, and everybody was like that's great. What are you doing? And then he ends up winning. I, I, I incurred some, there was some bumpiness coming home, but where do Rick, where do you stand on uh, like when you should tweet that out?
0: Well, I always tweet it out. I think, I think the part that makes it so great is you get it wrong. Sometimes that feeds that like, okay. The, the people, on the, the, the tweets, right. The people on Twitter, they want you to be wrong. They yeah, want for sure. For sure. So, so when you tweet it out and get it wrong, it just feeds this machine that we've yeah. got. So I think you should do it all the time.
2: Hey, Kyle, uh, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, Big guy. Keep going. <laughs>
1: I think that, uh, that was Michael Scott, I think, said that. Um, <laughs> so I've got millions of takes here. I don't even know where to start. But I think the, the, the primary takeaway for me is that Colin Morikawa, who is n- not a household name, though he should be, just stared down the number five player in the world, somebody I think is going to be a top 25 guy all time. Hold your takes, Mark. Watched him take a three-stroke lead into the final round. He, this, JT made 10 one putts in a row, made the made the eagle on fifteen, which that was it. That's the dagger. It's over. He takes a three-stroke lead to the 16th tee, and Morikawa still wins. I, I don't I don't understand. Like I, I feel like it's almost a bigger deal than we're making it. The the way that he, I mean, Morikawa goes 66 in the final round, birdies 17. Uh, makes the 24-footer on top of JT in the first playoff hole. This is unbelievable. I mean, you and I got to kind of experience it live on HQ, Rick, and that that was as fun it, – it felt like a major. It felt like an Open Championship, something like that, the early morning, middle of July. It felt like I was watching the final round of the Open.
2: Kyle, the, the Tiger Woods era was a time when you could look at a 54-hole leader or a guy that had – a three-stroke lead with four, five, nine holes to play, and it was getting closed. The door doesn't just get closed. It got slammed on the competition. He knew it. They knew it. We knew it. Everyone knew it. I mean, they were basically, the tournament people were clearing up behind the final group knowing that this thing is basically done now, okay? I, I, I feel like with the parity in the world's game right now and with how much talent there is, it's just – the Tournaments now have to be won, certainly, but they're no guarantees anymore. That's why we have to be careful with just assuming, and especially at a place like Muirfield Village, you've got a swing hole like fourteen, a swing hole like fifteen, sixteen's a beast. It looks easier on TV than what it is. You're playing downhill, downwind, to a green that should be soft, but the ball springs about five feet high when it hits the green, and you've got just peril everywhere. Seventeen's not easy. Eighteen is the hardest top finishing hole on the PGA Tour, so i hear what you're saying but we just we just can't be intellectually lazy anymore and just palm a victory off to someone because they've got a few stroke lead it's that's not the nature of the pga tour in the world's game right now in my opinion
1: yeah but we're not we're not talking about like the 200th rank i mean we're we're not talking about uh scott stallings here right we're not talking about scott stallings having a 3 stroke. we're talking about I think the best closer in the game right now, better than Tiger, better than Rory, better than all those guys in Justin Thomas, having a three-stroke lead with three to go, that that's over. That's over 95% of the time. Never over. But what I'm saying is, it, it, I, of course not. It's golf. Like, you're, you're right. It's never over, but it's the most over with JT th- than anybody else in the world. And so I, I, I almost feel like what we what we. When we think, when we talk about Morikawa, we're underrating what he did in the final round to shoot 60. He, he gained six strokes on a pro. He was hitting pins from everywhere. I mean, it was, it was a, a an absolute show. And I, and I almost feel like we're going to do the thing where we're like, oh, JT kind of blew it coming home. Which okay, that's fine. But also, Morikawa shot a 66, made a 24 footer on the 73rd hole, and went out and won it. I, I just think I think Morikawa deserves
3: a ton of credit for doing that. He um, does- but-
2: I'm not disagreeing. So sorry, go ahead, Greg.
3: You no, know, I, I was just going to say you mentioned the 66 on Sunday on the PGA Tour. Now, to your point earlier, Mark, somebody shooting in the mid 60s to win every single week on the PGA Tour—the days of which, I mean, look, I was really young when I remembering this, but I remember a time when you could go shoot even par on the last day and it could get the job done. The guys in the final group would shoot you know, around par, a couple under and win. Guys don't do that anymore. Now you have to go shoot. You have to go win it every single time you tee it up because there's somebody behind you who's going to shoot 65, 66, 64. We've seen 62s. I mean the, these guys are not afraid to go get it on Sunday and somebody's going to do it. So there's really you get to a point where no lead is safe. I think of Gary Woodland, who uh, was in the top five this week, back at the Century Tournament of Champions last year, he had a, a five-shot lead, shot five under on the last day, and lost in regulation. <laughs> like, like, That's what happens on the PGA Tour now. So you, you have to go get it. And, you know, a slow start for Justin Thomas, you could argue, cost him. Uh, He didn't start well, and he didn't end well. The middle was unbelievable. So um, you have to start well, you have to end well, at least one of the two uh, in order to get the job done on tour these days.
0: Okay, let's let's talk about Justin Thomas, and let's talk about the playoff a little bit more. Mark, the two putts – what would this have been? The 74th hole where
2: – They all blur to me. Yeah,
0: whatever. The one where Justin Thomas buries like the 50-footer and then Morikawa drops the 24-footer on top of him. A couple of things about this. First of all, that is – I can't remember a scenario in which I I exclaimed as loudly as I did in, in that moment, but I actually thought that, that – le- like. In a weird kind of way, now that playoffs get into a, essentially match play, that Morikawa, after JT drops one on him, doesn't have to worry about like the five footer coming back. Like if he misses that putt, it's just like you, you make it and you move on, or you miss it and you get to pick it up.
2: Yeah, you know what that that putt that Justin Thomas hold um, from that corner of the green down to that front hole location you could lay a hundred golf balls down there for him and he wouldn't do it. So the timing of that was just, it just lends itself to the story growing legs eventually. But to me, the big deal was Marikawa topping that because that putt was not easy whatsoever. We saw Justin Thomas coming down a similar line in regulation with a putt to win that sort of wandered weakly off to the right hand side because you have to be so defensive going down there. So to your point, Rick, yeah, you can go ahead and give it some speed, but even with the green speeds at about 11 and a half this week, there's so many rampant slopes in this place that that thing was playing like about 13. And if it's online and you give it a little too much, it probably wh- lips or wiggles out of the hole. So the, the, those two shots may for me be, to be the two greatest shots of the day. And it's a big statement I know because there was so much else on the go. But the timing of that and then for one guy to pull off the impossible and then for the other guy to pull off the next to impossible and top him, I mean, that is just we are lucky to see two young stars at the highest of their powers.
0: I thought I saw on Twitter that it, when you use the tour average like putting expectation for that, Kyle, for a 50-footer and then like a 24-footer, there was basically like a half a percentage chance that both of those putts drop. We saw it. We saw it live. Uh, and, and Justin Thomas someone that you have already declared as the best player of the next decade, not a good start for him, but there's many more opportunities coming I'm I assume.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's already got one win under his belt for this decade, 24 more to go, 24 to go, 20, 24 more to go. It's that's a that's decade like- of it. Brendan poor. I said this back in January. It's a decade of JT. I don't, I don't know. I mean, who are the other contenders there? I guess Rory for sure. Bryson. Uh, Bryson, yeah. Rom. Um, Tiger Woods. Colin Marikawa. Tiger's 44. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be 54 when the
2: decade is. But he's, no, he's going to be playing a whole bunch of the events that Justin Thomas is going to be attempting to win, boss. And JT
1: right? is a lot better than him right
2: now. Okay, keep going. Right, you're entertaining <laughs> me. Go. What
3: about DJ? You put DJ in this group?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I Victor I mean, Holland. Yeah. Um, Kef- DJ Kef- is what? DJ-
3: kepka has got to be around, right?
1: Brooks. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm over
3: Kepka. What about Tony Finau? He just shot 59. <laughs> Finau needs to,
2: <laughs> and it, Fino needs to get a win. or whatever. Do you see that? It looks, it's think like two hundred eighty <laughs> mile an hour, <laughs> 206, whatever it was.
1: Okay. Here, here's a stat for you guys. And this was, uh, this is Justin Ray. So he said the official list of youngest players to win 13 times on the PGA tour since 1960. So that's the last 60 years. Uh, Tiger did it at age 23 and nine months, Nicholas 25 and two months, Rory 27 and four months, Mickelson 27 and seven months, Johnny Miller 27 and eight months. JT would have been 27 and two months. So he would have been between Jack Nicholas and Rory McIlroy. So, I mean, all those guys that I just listed are top 25 guys all time, including Johnny Miller, including Rory, including Phil. So what I guess what I'm saying with all this is the trajectory of JT right now is as a top 25 guy all time. And, and he would be the outlier if he doesn't end up as a top 25 guy all time.
2: The- I'm still trying to wrap my head around 25 wins in 10 years. It might take me a while.
0: Yeah, you can, well,
1: you can you can buy me a case of Jim Nance's wine in twenty thirty, whenever, or I guess in twenty twenty seven when he wins his twenty fifth one of the decade.
0: Buy it now; it'll age another seven or eight years. by that would be that would be even better.
2: <laughs> How can twenty twenty seven be the end of the decade? Well, he'll he'll win his twenty fifth in twenty twenty
0: seven. He'll lock it up by then. <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna coat.
1: <laughs> you can you can you can t- you can have the last three years this i'll is give my you this
2: the favorite podcast ever because the entertainment value is just off the charts but you're
1: not you're you're, you're not using any like You're just saying like what feels right. You're not
0: using any data to prove your point. I'll I'll tell you what the problem is. So I love Justin Thomas. He could he is probably the front runner to be the player of the decade. The problem is that 25 wins is two and a half wins a year, which is a PGA player of the year season every season for the next 10 years while the tour is getting continually more difficult to win on. So like 20 wins, 30 years ago is not as valuable as 20 wins in the next 10 years. So, me, me, me. go ahead, Mark. <laughs>
2: Remember the wrist injury. Uh, yeah. Be careful, injuries are real, especially at the speed these guys go. Uh, you you say it's so strong right now. We don't know who's coming off down the pike from college. You know, we're, the, the next Cameron Champ that flies the thing 340. And it's got the touch of a pickpocket. Uh, yeah, look, yes, <laughs> he's good enough to pull to pull this off. Absolutely. I, I don't
1: think JT's real worried about Cameron Champ right now.
2: <laughs> yes, so, no Bryson? offense. No,
1: no.
3: He, really, he and Bryson are similar age, right? I mean, is he worried about Bryson at all?
1: For sure, I think Bryson's problematic, especially in events like just run-of-the-mill PGA Tour events. And, and so I just. I don't know. I mean, who knows how this thing goes? And, and you guys are right. Like The PGA Tour is getting more and more competitive. And I think I think JT, we talk about guys who are maybe like not getting as much length as they could, like a female, like a DJ, maybe like a Rory. I think JT gets all the length that he can with the way that he swings and what he does. So I, I just, his all-around game is unbelievable. I think he has the best all-around game on tour, but is there room to... Improve physically. I don't know mentally for sure. You're always improving but physically I, I do think we're sort of at a like this is as good as he can Possibly be, be from a physical standpoint.
2: I've got a couple more names I just want to toss into the mix that we haven't really re- addressed right yet. John Rahm Don't forget him Xander Shafley Patrick Cantley. I know these guys aren't like You know world beaters, but these are folks that have to get beaten every week.
1: Uh, JT has won twelve times in his first one hundred and forty-nine events. John Rahm has three wins. Patrick Cantlay has two wins. I mean, I, I think I think sometimes when we have the JT conversation, we we don't we don't fully appreciate what he's done so far. We talk about him and like Fowler as the same. JT has as many wins as Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler combined, in I, I, in two hundred fewer events played. No. So.
2: Not for one minute have I discounted Justin Thomas, and let's look at John Rahm's global schedule because he plays in Europe as well. If you're telling up victories,
1: I mean for sure. But we're talking about the PGA Tour here. Like I'm, I am i Like are 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 we all of a sudden combining? Like should we count Challenge Tour wins as well?
2: No, uh, no, no, no. If you if you telling telling me John Rahm's only won only won three times. Yeah. No okay
0: we'll we'll ask gary player what we should count and we'll get back to you on that kyle uh moving (laughs) right along victor hovland greg the puerto rico open curse strikes again we are now (laughs) i believe 1250 combined events for puerto rico open winners before i guess i shouldn't even say before they won again it ends counting
3: every time this happens every time he gets close the curse lives on just a little bit longer. Uh, does, so, Tony Finau shoots 59 over the weekend, tweets about it. It's not a PGA Tour event, okay? Now, <laughs> I know I bring, uh, that's the second time I've brung that up. Uh, and then, Victor Hovland gets himself right into contention and isn't able to get the job done. Does it sway your opinion at all, Rick? Do you still think Hovland has the edge to, to break the curse, or do you think yes. that Finau's got something cooking here behind the scenes? he's going to bring out for these PGA Tour events?
0: Hovland... Tomorrow? Hovlin is going to win like next week. He's unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's going to absolutely win before Tony Finau does. Now, um, I, I guess let's talk about the way this went down because uh, uh, Mark, you, you kind of mentioned this, like uh, Hovland got off to a hot start, you know, hits it in the water on six and then just kind of, just kind of faded, just kind of faded into this event. And that was surprising for me. I think it was also a little surprising for you.
2: No one said it yet. Um, on any platform, really, that this was his fifth week in a row and he's driving everywhere and he's playing the memorial. And this course is a pretty good walk and Colonial was hot and the temperatures were 100 plus. South Carolina was hot and humid. Travelers, the same sort of deal. So I'm beginning to wonder when the emotional and the mental toll of this all will really start taxing him. And, and, And I'm wondering if this was the case on today because he looked unbeatable through five holes and yeah. it's a decent tee shot down six. And he had, he, the line, the fairway was fine. Granted I went and looked, it was a little skinny there. I mean, the, the bent grass wasn't completely grown in, but he had nine iron in his hand and he skinned this thing in the, 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 the creek that flanks the front and so the front side of that uh, sixth green. So that to me sort of smacked of some fatigue. And then from there, it just looked like he couldn't really get back in the saddle. And that, you know, in, in comparison to who who's fresh, as soon as he made a mistake, he bounced right back. I mean, none of us have talked about that tee shot that he hits. I, I felt my pocket blowing up when you guys were texting about the <laughs> tee shot that he hit on 14. I mean, that came after a bogey. Yeah. That came after Justin Thomas is laid up over there. And he has the guy getting up there and just being manful. So, so I'm wondering if there was a little fatigue that was at play in the final run for, for Hovland today.
0: Okay, Greg. I saw you nodding along with that. So then, ne- ne- there's no travel this week. He doesn't have to get back in the Lexus and drive <laughs> three or four thousand miles uh, wherever he's going. He gets to hang tight, maybe a little bit of of relief and, and rest coming for him.
3: I do think that's a little bit of an advantage. You probably don't need as much preparation time for the golf course as you would in a normal week. So you know, th- the rest of tonight, which is an, it's an early finish today. So he's done now. He can relax, recuperate a little bit, and he can spend all day tomorrow recuperating, and if he needs to, all day Tuesday recuperating, and then he can take Wednesday and get used to whatever condition changes there may be. You're used to all the sight lines, as Marcus said earlier in the week. Um, the, The golf course is the same golf course. The conditions will change a little bit, but I'm not sure you need two or three days of of preparation to get ready for that to make those adjustments i I think a couple days off for hovland and then a a a solid wednesday of practice getting used to you know the the change in green speeds the lengthening of the rough whatever we expect which all the reports say the greens will get faster and the rough will get longer Um, if those things happen i don't think it takes too much time for him to uh, prepare for that so if you're going to play six weeks in a row uh, this is kind of a, a good way to do it. And I, I think he has enough time to recuperate, especially at his age.
2: Just two tomorrow off, the golf course, the course itself is closed to play. Players can go and use the practice facilities and such, but nobody is allowed on the golf course. So uh, it, it probably, to your point, Greg, will be the sort of situation where he'll just sort of stay in the hotel room and just take it easy for a while, you know?
1: What's, uh, what's Sungjae going to
2: do tomorrow? <laughs> He's gonna go play over the road at the Muirfield Village. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: right. Can we talk about the putt that uh, Morikawa made on 18 in regulation?
0: Oh, the one—the uh, one he <laughs> barely made. <laughs> the two-footer. Yeah. yeah. That was
1: that was not good.
0: No, I was dying. Does he have a like? Does he have a real like pressure short pressure putt issue that might that might rear its ugly head?
1: I mean, between that and and Colonial, it's like I I don't want to see him have like a four footer to win like the U.S. Open, like, erotica do, or erotica. Oh my gosh, I do not want to see that. I, I don't. <laughs> the weird the weird part is, I think he like. I mean, clearly he doesn't he he doesn't like melt. He doesn't like wilt under pressure. I I, I don't i don 't know the, the the stroke though, and you could see it in his face afterwards. I mean he just went full like
0: yeah
3: he he was he was terrified of that not going in I, I think he's got he's kind of. This speaks to his talent. He's like proving to himself along the way that he can do it. He's proving to himself that he does belong with all these guys while he's getting it done. Like it was another opportunity for him to come close and fall short. And it would have really hurt bad if now in the first five weeks of the PGA tour being back, he has a chance to win. He's within three feet on two occasions and misses that could have been Heartbreaking. I mean, you don't know what kind of a long-term effects that could have. So um, for that to go in, I think it was a huge break for him. And I feel like that problem is going to kind of relieve itself over time now that he's won again in a real, um, not an opposite field of, uh, event, a regular PGA Tour event at Muirfield Village against Justin Thomas and Victor Hovland. I think that puck going in goes a long way for him.
1: Speaking of the Ryder Cup, Mark, how good would a uh, JT Morikawa uh, alternate shot team be?
2: <laughs> That'd be pretty sound, but I got to tell you that Victor Hovland is going to be a dynamite partner for somebody the way he drives it and well, how his attitude is. Just, Justin,
1: be- Justin Ray just tweeted that he's been, and I think Rick was on this. Uh, I think we talked about this yesterday or Rick talked about it on HQ. He's fir- he was first in the field in his last three events in strokes gained from tee to green. I mean, if he, if he was putting at all, I mean, I don't know where he finished on Sunday I think it was right around kind of field average in terms of putting but you're right Mark like he from T to green he is it, it's just and and uh Chris Solomon of no Line up used the word about more and I feel this about Hovland too it's just relentless like these guys are relentless in the way that they go after pins in the way that they hit uh fairways I mean I, I couldn't believe how many fairways Hovland was hitting with I mean he's it's not like he's swinging it like you know Kevin Streelman out there. He is going after these shots, and he just pounds fairways and pounds greeds. It, it, it has to be, it has to be so difficult if you are um, not. I mean, just if you're playing with these guys because they just are relentless with the way they hit it.
2: I'll tell you. I looked up his uh, strokes gain putting number by the way. It was stro- four putts too few made strokes lost.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's a scientific number, I think. Yeah, um, one, I mean, he lost like 2.3.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He made four too few pets boss. <laughs> um I,
0: I actually I'm gonna look this up later. I, I bet you this stretch of T to Green, like this five events in a row, is probably one of the best five stretches ever. Cause he went, yeah, 13th, 14th, first, first, first in strokes gained T to green. It's unbelievable.
1: That's that's insane. And and to have not how many he has one top ten in
2: that stretch, two. So what does uh, that tell you? Let's let's putt mine, putt let's putt mine that data a, a, a little ball. bit
0: more. Yeah, make some putts. Yeah, for sure. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and I mean, he's got to work a little bit around. The, he's got to clean it up around the greens a little bit. I agree. I mean, he 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 saved himself on I think it was on thirteen, right? He he comes up short on the the par three, and he stubs. <laughs> I, I love using that term. He he stubs the chip and makes the next one. kind of. <laughs> I hope to
1: someday to love anything.
0: I hope to someday love anything as much as Greg loves using that term. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never seen Greg get giddy about anything like that before. That's,
3: that's, you know, when you're talking about PGA Tour players, you don't get to say he he stubbed a chip. You it never, you never get to say that.
2: You know and what? That will become my my goal for the next broadcast. Stubbs, uh, I'm going to do everything in my power to get that one in. <laughs>
4: We should
1: should just start feeding Mark lines to get into the broadcast just for our own amusement. (laughs) Yes. Freaking first cut.
0: (laughs) Freaking first cut. Golly. Uh, All right, Mark, you had Chase Seifert. Yeah. Best career finish in his 21st PGA Tour start. He is going to finish solo fourth. Uh, What should we know about this kid's game?
2: Well, this is the one thing, you know, all jokes aside, that, uh, that I love that that Kyle will always look at something from this point of view, the storyline behind it. And, and here's a guy who, who was sort of Monday qualifying, did enough at one event to get corn ferry status, then played his way onto the PGA tour. And this day to day, I got to watch something that was tremendously special for me because we, we get numb to these stories because we're talking about the Marikawas and the Justin Thomases and the Tiger Woods of the world. But, but you get this PGA Tour pro that I will tell you, I saw him look at a leaderboard every time there was one available on the back nine. And he adopted a very defensive um, style of playing over the final nine holes after he flew to the turn. 11's a par five. He's not the longest guy in the world, but still you attack over there. He went with three wood off the tee, then laid it up in the water, which was inconceivable, but then holes out for Bertie. Yeah. And then then on 13, most guys are just whipping it straight over the bunker on the corner there. He's not long enough to do that, but still goes with three metal off the tee and left himself like 220 yards in there and sort of scrapped it down to the front corner of the green and two putted for there for a, from there for a par. And everything was very defensive in his playing. And it's almost like he was just trying to – maintain he's standing there inside of the top four or five, which I commend him. He did because he made some fan- I mean, the save he made on 17 out of that greenside bunker was pretty cool. And you know, then on 18, he's just got to get one in the fairway, which he did. And then on the green, but it was, it was a tremendous story. He's a wonderful guy He walks over to me in the middle of the fairway and goes, Hey, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Chase. And I'm like, dude, I know I'm calling you. But cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it, but he's just such an easygoing guy. Um, you, you know, he's, he's one of those guys I mean, that Carl's going to joke about the Scott Stallings thing, but he's that sort of story on the tour. And I, I count myself fortunate that I got to lay eyes on this boy, play the final nine holes of Sunday and plays basically change his year in one tournament is what he did this week.
0: Yeah. he, yeah, that's a great point. He almost doubled his career earnings this week alone. Uh, Greg, talk about – I mean, we we often talk about the biggest storylines, right? We talk about the Rory McIlroy, the Justin Thomas, the Bryson DeChambeau. There's a lot more stories like this, quite frankly, on the PGA Tour.
3: Constantly. Week in and week out, you see it. I mean, Will Gordon at the Travelers Championship is a is a perfect example. There are players – in this game that are so good that you've never heard of and, and players that you never will heard of. I mean, you, you don't understand until you've seen it, what, how, how kind of fine the line is between guys who make it and the guys who don't. And I mean, I could, I tell this story all the time, but when I was working at Metalist, I played in, uh, I was a, mar- I played as a marker and a member member. And one day I played with Bud Cawley who shot like the easiest 69 you've ever seen in 20 mile an hour wins. The next day, I play with this guy who has never made it on uh, on any professional tour, tried for eight years, and is now running an app. And he's played five rounds. uh, He's played five rounds for the year. And he goes out on the back nine and makes a par on 10 and then makes birdies the rest of the way birdies every single hole the rest of the way you've never heard of him and never will and he he couldn't make it on tour and i've never seen a guy play like that he looked better than bud collie who's made it so it's extremely difficult to make it out there and anybody playing in any of these fields is extremely talented and is capable of doing what chase did this week so it's always fun to see these guys uh you know change their lives in a in a week
1: what app is he running
0: i I couldn't tell you (laughs) let's guess um <laughs> <laughs> whoop uh,
3: uber no, for
2: dogs <laughs> ega to a shot tracker shot link
0: yeah I, I think it's something like that mark <laughs> i don't think so uh, um kp did you want to say was that was that your comment you were going for yeah that's it okay <laughs> <laughs> right. I rough. didn't want to make a I didn't want to move on if you had something else. No, uh, the last guy we have to talk about, unfortunately for me, is Gary Woodland, who finishes <laughs> fifth uh, and was my absolute lock to miss the cut. In my defense, the whole argument was based around his driver, which he switched out on Thursday back to his trusty ping. But, Kyle, I'm 1,000% convinced uh, Gary Woodland, during the weather delay on Thursday, is basically like two over. Oh, I mean, it might have been friday uh he's out of this thing it's over he gets in his cart to go back to shelter immediately backs it dr- into a fence at full speed must have knocked something loose in his head because he was lights out after that
1: yeah he really was it's fitting that you go to me on this because i had ricky fowler as my lock to miss the cut uh, i think they ended up tying no, 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 no. Woodland was T5. Uh, Fowler was T20 or T22 or something like that.
0: Yeah, but he played great on the week. Or like Saturday, was, he was awesome.
1: Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, Woodland, by the way, first off the tee on Thursday, 10th <laughs> off the tee on Friday.
0: <laughs> that aged <But> like milk. <laughs>
1: it, it is like, how do you, it, it's so hard to know. And this is why, and, and this is where Mark is really good on, on stuff like this, is because you 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 can't just look at the numbers right you can't just look at strokes game you can't just look at the data you have to put together okay what am I seeing and also what am I hearing like all this other stuff that's going on uh, to to put together the full picture and so yeah Gary Woodland switches drivers on Thursday lights out on Thursday Friday he kind of faded a little with the driver on the weekend he lost strokes on Sunday but uh, still had a really good week and this is just I don't know this is a course that I think we talked about this earlier in the week. He he hits these just beautiful shots. And this is a course that receives those shots really well uh, in terms of uh, it being, I think you guys talked about a second shot course. And so it, it's very easy to envision him having a ton of success around Muirfield village. I think he's a fascinating play for next week when you're going to have everybody on Rory and tiger and uh, DJ and all Kepka, all these guys, Bryson at the top of the uh, at the top of the world rankings. I think I think Woodland would be a really interesting play.
3: I think uh, to your point, Kyle, there's a very clear moment in here, and Mark can probably speak more to this. But he changed drivers. He went back to a drive the driver that he used to win the U.S. Open, and kind of gets it back in in an instant. And these are the kind of things that can happen on tour Uh, you you make a little tweak to your equipment it doesn't work out it's going to show in the numbers and uh, a change back sometimes can immediately it it can kind of prove there's a sign like like Rick was saying earlier in the week there's something wrong with the driver here and he proved to you Rick yes there was something wrong with the driver the driver itself so once he gets that fixed now he's back to the Gary Woodland we all know and love and a single moment like that that, chain, that that sparks a turnaround in performance I think is something when you're looking for plays in a week, like next week as Kyle saying, it's one of, the, one of the biggest things you can look for.
2: That's such a good call there, Greg, because I think at times because these guys are so good and we need to recognize and it's been said often on this podcast that if you're on the PGA Tour, you are good. You, you, you reference so, but these are human stories. They are not supernatural or superhuman. I mean, someone could have had an argument with a wife the night before, and you're still carrying that into the following morning, early morning tea time, or you've got a child that's sick, or you've, I don't know, you've tweaked your back. There, there are all these stories that oftentimes we don't get. And, and it's so crucial. And that to me is why it's becoming increasingly difficult to win, because it could be something as simple as making a change to the driver head setup. All of a sudden you had one or two flush, the confidence percolates and off you go. And, and that, that to me is why the mindset of these players nowadays is I just going to do this once, twice, two and a half times if you're JT for the next 10 years and, and then everything's going to be great, you know? Um,
1: okay. So real quick, JT just birdied 14. Uh, do you guys think he's going to win?
2: What kind, what kind of
0: odds can I get on Morikawa? He's
1: he's at nineteen under. It's getting it's 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 been awesome. The driver that Morikawa we talked about this earlier. The driver he hit on fourteen was insane. I can't. I mean, I just I can't get enough. I want to watch the whole thing again.
0: It's so good. We're gonna look ahead to next week. Uh, real quick, Mark. Low key, I'm pretty sure at some point last week, you did you say it was gonna be Hovland one, Morikawa two. Or Morikawa won Hovland, <laughs> yeah. uh, too. You almost nailed the exacta. <laughs> I'll
2: tell you what. Uh, yeah, I, I was saying to Greg, you guys weren't on the podcast. We were around one recap, and I'm like, Greg, yeah. you got to understand me. I live in a one-and-done world, and all I was wanting was <laughs> was, was, was Hovland to win, but I kind of wanted my matchups to work out, too. So I was like, I'll take Morikawa a second.
0: That's what I remember. All right. We will look ahead to next week. It is the Memorial. Uh, Maybe talk a little bit of news. And uh, first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend, and where the Santa Fe continues. Take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at Hyundaiusa.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. It's a really fine line creating all right, gentlemen, it is now officially Memorial Week, so no travel necessary. Mark, you're there. You're staying there. What can we expect from Mirfield Village uh, from what we saw for the workday to now what we're going to see at the Memorial?
2: I just want to know if someone can get into my hotel room and change my linens and my towels. Oh, that would be fantastic to be in here for seven days. Um, <laughs> You know what we're going to expect? And I spoke to Gary Young, the, the head rules official earlier uh, workday week. And he said, we're going to water the golf course during the workday, protect the golf course a little bit. We're going to close it Monday. They're going to put uh, insecticides and stuff on um, all over the golf course and on the greens too. And then they are going to push the sucker to the edge because next Monday morning, They've already got the uh, heavy equipment waiting. It's actually waiting in the parking area of the clubhouse to basically get in here. They're going to rip up the greens. They're going to redo bunkers. They're going to basically almost retool this golf course. Its shape will remain the same, although I think Mr. Nicholas may, on 13, add an extra bunker down the left-hand side after guys like Sam Burns were whipping it over the top of that thing. But so it's going to be a firm, fast golf course, and it's going to be our first look at a major championship. It's going to play like a major. We've got a major field. It's, it, Jack Nicklaus is going to be there. It is going to be awesome.
1: I'm pretty sure this week was our first look at a major championship. That was The, the thing I just watched
0: was a major. It felt like one.
2: It did. It, it freaking felt like a major. You're right. It felt like a PGA championship. I, I, I'm expecting you're going to see kind of a, a hybrid of – the masters obviously because the golf course is the same. Lots of undulation, fast screens, difficult hole locations, premium on iron striking. It's going to be a hybrid of that in the U S open because I'm pretty, pretty sure the rough is going to be like three and a half and lush over the felt, next, while.
1: felt like a shot at the PGA there, Mark. What? It felt like a shot at the
2: PGA. No PGA at Harding Park. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be a fantastic event
0: uh greg the field major championship caliber i'm looking at this i think it's only adam scott who's not going to be here uh no tommy fleetwood it's the euro guys right who are kind of dealing with with everything else but i mean i think i've heard of this guy tiger woods he'll be in attendance
3: uh tiger oh yeah i yeah i think that guy's done pretty well here a couple times right he's okay he's okay Um, I think he may have won even once (laughs) before, maybe five other times. Yeah. Tiger uh, is going to be back. What I find so interesting about this event, you mentioned all the the great ball striking of Victor Hovland. We have talked at length on this podcast about how Colin Morikawa is maybe the best iron player in the game. How Justin Thomas is maybe the best iron player in the game. The guy we kind of always say, except for, is Tiger Woods. And he's back this week, uh, back in action. So on a second shot golf course like this, to have the best iron player in the game back in action, a place he's won five times is extremely exciting. So I'm really looking forward to having Tiger Woods back here. Uh, and if his game is in good form, if it's anything like it was at the match back in May, we may be in for a real treat. Uh, and then to throw in another ring, we have Bryson back in the mix. And he's kind of you know maybe not the uh, iron player of these other guys. But He's taking this totally new approach to the game um, that is going to be fascinating to see. I can't wait to see how a golf course like Muirfield in, as Mark was saying, major championship condition, how it receives a, a Bryson DeChambeau style of play. So I can't wait to see it. And if, if Mark, you think that Sam Burns is making Jack Nicholas adjust some bunkers, just wait till Bryson tees it up this weekend.
2: Yeah, that's a good call. Um,
0: right? <laughs> Uh, well, if we don't get the Bryson Brooks pairing, go. come there we on, go. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Somebody uh,
1: should be somebody should be put on probation.
0: Yeah, that's we got to get that. Who KP? Who else do we got to get? I mean, everybody's here. This is we can pair anybody we want with one another. Like who who else do we want here? Just run run back JT Morikawa.
1: Yeah, I'd know. like to. I'd like to throw JT Morikawa and Tiger together. Ooh, with three best iron players in the world.
3: That'd be good. Mark,
2: How about uh, you Jordan with?
3: Spieth and Patrick Reed?
2: You know what? I'm just admitting that, Cal. It took you a while, but you've come around. It was an unbelievable take. And, and at the time, like, when, when was that? Was that in January? I don't know. It was, wasn't it last year? I don't know.
0: I think it was at, like, the President's Cup, wasn't it? I feel like that's when this happened. So it would be been, like,
1: December, right? It was it was an amazing take and I didn't I didn't recognize it. Just like you don't recognize my JT take right now.
2: <laughs> and uh and, I recognize your genius. I do Kyle, but that JT take was off the wall. <laughs> the
1: the the more Kow is the best iron player in the world. I mean, he, it, it's just I can I we can't talk about it enough. He's he's unreal. So to see him and JT and Tiger together would be, be pretty
0: awesome. That's really good. Uh Greg, I'm sure we'll dive into this on Tuesday, but like when we talk about, oh, who we feel, like, who we feeling good about or all that stuff, uh, like, are we just going to see the, a, replica, a replica leaderboard next week?
3: I, I don't know. I mean, cut, you, do you <laughs> copy and paste it? But well, you just have these guys that you bring into the mix. You add in a Rory, a Bryson, a Tiger. Yeah. Those are the three that really stick out to me. Um, and then you give Patrick Cantlay another week as the defending champ. You give him another week to get into the mix. You give Xander Shoffley another week to get into the mix. The odds say that those guys are going to get themselves up into contention. But, I mean, it feels like you can kind of copy and paste at least the top three of this leaderboard and play them again next week and do quite well.
1: Well, I think the the Bryson thing is really interesting because he was obviously led the field in driving in Detroit, but he was second to last in terms of uh, proximity to the middle of the fairway. That's not the terminology for it, but you know what I'm saying. And the
3: edge, I think they call it,
1: there you go. If Mark's right. And I think he is that the rough will be up a ton. It, how's that going to work out for him? I, I think it's certainly to your, if everybody's in the rough, then it's to your advantage to be the farthest up in the rough. Cause you're hitting nine iron instead of four iron, mm-hmm. obviously. But I, I think that, I think that aspect, just if we're talking bigger picture, is going to be super interesting.
2: That, you know what? That, that is a good take there. And the, Bryson gave us his secret in Detroit. He said before the thing, he goes, look, no shade on you, Donald Ross, but all your bunkers are 290, and I'm just taking it straight over the top of these things. Now, a number of the bunkers at this range, they're they all sort of like the 280 to about 320 range. He
1: can so, cover all those.
2: But Say again? He can cover all of those. Yeah, but but then you've got rough on the other side of that. Sort yeah. of stuff. and yeah. then you're on the downhill of a bunker out of the rough, then all of a sudden it's a different thing. You know, if these bunkers are level with the ground, then you're playing at a level rough, you're fine. But if you, you could be Hulk, if you are a downhill lie at a three and a half inch Kentucky bluegrass, you can have a real tough time. Then you add to that some firm greens and that's a different deal entirely. And the thing about the Donald Ross places, they tilt largely from back to front, the greens that is. So you're hitting to a receptive dartboard with a wedge. Well, yeah, at Nicholas's place, you've got humps and hollows and things all over the show. So it does behoove one to play out of the fairway. We saw that with Hovland. We saw that with Murakawa. And so power helps, but I still think you're going to see a proliferation of the really quality ball strikers who are powerful and precise, like a McElroy for argument's sake.
1: I can't wait until Bryson bench presses Barbara Nicholas after he wins.
2: The- <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's going to be – that'll make the rounds on Twitter, I think.
0: I I have to follow that now. Um, All right. John Rahm shot the round of the day on Sunday, by the way. Eight under 64 with two bogeys on the card. He might be a threat for next week. Uh, I do also have to provide a quick one-and-done update. Greg Ducharme, congratulations, my friend. You nailed Colin Morikawa. And not only have you done that, you have surpassed, everyone and jump to the top of the one and done standings. Congratulations. Take your victory lap.
3: Thank you very much. Uh, Extremely excited. The list is too long of people who I want to thank. Uh, (laughs) But number one is uh, is Colin Morikawa. So thank you, Colin. (laughs) Great playing. And thank you to uh, everybody else here on the podcast for not picking him this week and allowing me to uh, jump to the top.
2: Well, I would have picked him if I hadn't picked him at Colonial. But, Greg, I've got to acknowledge this. You've had a win six top fives nine top tens and you've cashed 12 out of 14 times because okay. uh, uh, yeah i think Isn't so a player of
3: the year type season i need a few more wins i think but it really is a real a half, you need two and a half
0: <laughs> you need two and a half uh kp i'm fairly confident you have not earned a dollar in the restart zero <laughs> <laughs> me
1: me and tiger have earned the same amount of money since the restart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I was with you this week. I had Brooks. You had Rose, and then Mark. I mean, you had Victor Hovland. You banked four hundred twenty thousand uh, bucks, but Greg Greg clipped us.
1: Ro- Rose shot an eighty on Friday. What was that? What
0: was he? Was he even using clubs? Doesn't matter what brand they are. Man. I think uh,
1: I think John Rahm shot an eighty
0: yesterday. By the way, shot seventy five. No, yeah, well, it's close. Still, still pretty bad. Hard course. Uh, all right. That'll do it. We'll wrap it right there. We'll be back on Tuesday with the DFS preview. We will actually. How about this? Early. Got my
2: belt. Come on now.
0: Oh, Mark, you you won the belt again. Eight and four. Eight and four <laughs> in the matchups. Mark is killing us in the matchups. He's gonna walk
3: away with it like Young Tom Morris. <laughs> yeah. We're
0: gonna we're gonna we're gonna create the wiki page for like weeks holding the belt like they have for weeks at the number one. Mark young, young Mark
1: away. Immelman. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> young mark immelman with the belt um now i forgot where i'm about okay on youtube we are early releasing the dfs preview so if you want it early which you probably do go and subscribe first cut podcast on youtube we'll be there you can find mark immelman on twitter at mark underscore immelman you can find greg ducharme on twitter at the real gfd you can find kyle porter on twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me on Twitter at RickRungood. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. This one's for you, Workday.
4: But enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.comslash sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.